Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to talk about the Red Yeti membership program, which we launched in the last six months. On this program, members can gain access to discounts of up to 50% off 70 plus startups in the outdoor space. In the last month alone, we've added 10 startups to the platform, and it doesn't look like we're slowing down anytime soon. Our goal is to have hundreds of startups on this platform so that members can go on and discover new brands that really align with their values and take advantage of all the discounts that are offered. In addition, members can apply to become ambassadors for these startups, all from one location. You fill out one form and then you just check which startups you'd like to have it sent to. We also are offering and showcasing all of the brand's new products that they're working on, showcasing prototypes and things like that, so you can really be kept up to date on everything new and unique that they're offering. We also are going to be doing some collaboration with these brands, showcasing some unique limited edition product that's only offered to Ready Yeti members. And lastly, we have a private Facebook group for all active members so that you guys can get to know each other, communicate, hang out, um, and really uh, get to know each other and help us build this movement in the outdoor space. So if you want to check this out, you can head over to readyyeti.com slash members and enter the code Yeti Podcast to get your first month free. What is going on, Ready Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Savo here, your host on today's episode. I am sitting down with one of the co-founders of B Outfitter, Rory Rogan. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, Josh, how's it going, man? Pumped to be on the uh, the podcast today, without a doubt. So uh, you're uh, you're checking in from the other side of the country in uh, San Diego. Um, I, I want to start off really quickly with uh, asking. What is Be Outfitter, and and how are you guys different than other outdoor uh, businesses? Yeah, so Be Outfitter is uh, an outdoor lifestyle gear and apparel company located here in San Diego. And uh, basically, you know, growing up, we grew up surfing and climbing, and um, by no means are we professional athletes at what we do. And as we got older, we began to realize that people like us who have everyday jobs or live an everyday life um, rather than, you know, tramping around the world or, you know, competing in professional uh, sporting events. We need gear that works the way we live. So, um, you know, we might not be uh, charging pipeline or, you know, trying to summit Everest, but we certainly need a piece of equipment that works and functions the way our lifestyle um, needs it to. Definitely. Now, so you guys, obviously your flagship product is the pack, right? Um, And you you recently ran a Kickstarter, raised over $120,000, and then another 30 on Indiegogo. So it's obviously been pretty well received. What's so unique about this pack that um, that wasn't already on the market? Yeah, you know, we we kind of bisected the the worlds of lifestyle um, and the aesthetics that you know, you, you get with a lot of amazing lifestyle brands where uh, the, the product has, you know, got texture um, and a little bit more uh, authenticity to it. And then, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, we wanted a piece of technical equipment where, you know, we'd be able to 
slide it down the side of a rock face here in Southern California and not have it rip. Um, and so, you know, looking at the market and where it is today, there just wasn't many packs out there like that where, you know, if walking down the streets of San Diego, if we were wearing it, we wouldn't feel like we were backpacking around Europe or on the other contrary, you know, uh, feeling like we were taking a $300, $400 leather handmade bag um, out into the outdoors because, you know, that just doesn't make sense. So, you know, we, we took these two realms of of our lifestyle and, and we bisected into the Takeets pack. And, uh, you know, the high, it's highly functional in the modern design. design and we've, uh, you know, I think we've kind of really created the, the one pack quiver, if you will. That's awesome. Now, where did the name come from? Yeah, so um, down here in Southern California is the Takeets, uh, which is, I guess, in a sense, depending on who you're talking to, the birthplace of modern day rock climbing. It's where uh, people like Yvonne Chouinard, Doug Tompkins, um, you know, some of the the original big guns of big wall climbing in Yosemite. That's where they really kind of uh, put up some of the first ascents and really started doing some big wall climbs. Um, was Takeets, and you know, Takeets is still known today as the you know one of the training grounds for for people who are trying to go climb you know the Nose or El Cap or uh, one one of those big big guys up in Yosemite. And so a few years ago, my brother and I, uh, you know, we, we had been climbing for a bit, but hadn't necessarily done anything multi-pitch, at least to the extent of Takeets. And uh, we did our first multi-pitch climb there a few years back, and um, it really meant something to us. And being a Southern California brand, uh, I thought it was important to, you know, bring back the, the fact that Southern California and, and mountains, um, there are roots down here with climbing. You know, a lot of people think Colorado or, um, you know, somewhere in the Rockies, but, you know, I wanted to say, hey, you know, Southern California is just not about surfing. So definitely. Now, now I want to mention for the listener that uh, you co-founded B with uh, your brother, Jeff. Um, could you give us a little bit of background? You grew up in, in Delaware, correct? Correct. Yeah, Jeff and I grew up in Delaware. I'm, uh, I'm the middle of three guys, three boys. Um, and Jeff is my younger brother. So I actually, yeah, growing up, we grew up about five, ten minutes from the beach and, you know, grew up surfing, doing anything in the water that we, that we could, um, whether it was going kayaks and trying to catch, um, frogs with, you know, makeshift trap nets or, um, <laughs> you know, being able to spend our summers at the beach, you know, whatever we could do, we were, we were always outside and as we got older, you know, that, that, that appreciation grows and, um, especially as team sports uh, kind of go into the rear view a little bit. Um, I think the outdoors really kind of takes over and just the challenges and the, uh, you know, the sense of wonder that you get as soon as you step outside. So um, that's kind of, you know, that's where it all started was there in Delaware. And then I actually, I went to the United States Merchant Marine Academy and Jeff went to University of Delaware. And after college, we both drove out here and, decided to uh, take it to the next step. What made you guys pick San Diego? I mean, why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> Fair. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> um, no, you know, I think uh, growing up, a lot of our friends uh, were going to, uh, you know, pretty nearby cities. And I just wanted something different. I wanted, you know, 
I wanted to take my love for the outdoors and take this somewhere where you could do any of these amazing hobbies. That would be surfing, climbing, skiing, uh, in a matter of a few hours of a drive rather than taking a plane across the country. So, Of course. Now, okay, so you, you went to school uh, to become a merchant marine. Um, how does that go from then you starting um, B Outfitters? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I went to college. My, my degree is in marine transportation. Uh, so basically I went to college to learn how to navigate commercial vessels and Navy vessels around the world. And while I was there, you know, I had to spend a, a year out at sea, uh, traveling around from port to port all over the world. And through that, you, you gain some, some pretty amazing experiences uh, and a few uh, good good hand, uh, you know, good processes where you, where you learn how to use your hands. Um, and one of those was learning how to use a sewing awl, which is typically out to see used for, uh, fixing sails or making tarps. So when I was at school, I needed a new bag because like any other college student, I didn't have the money to pay for a bag. Um, so I made a bag by hand and, you know, never really thought much of it. And, uh, a couple of other events, you know, over the next few years led to uh, where we are now as the outfitter. That's so interesting. So you obviously traveling is a, is a big aspect of, of B. Um, what's, what's some of your favorite places that you've traveled to? Oh, man. Uh, well, Jeff and I, we did some product testing. Um, we were working out some prototypes in New Zealand. We, we took uh, uh, like a safari truck around New Zealand for uh, about a month. And that New Zealand is one of the most insane places I've ever been from. I mean, you can do anything there and it's just gorgeous. Um, I would get back there a million times if I could, if the plane tickets were a little less expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those plane tickets will definitely get you. Okay. So That's it. you did a lot of traveling. You started to learn how to sew. You made a few bags. You realized that there was a market for this. And this is what, like 2012, 2010, yeah so yeah so, so i guess you know what really happened was while i was in college when i graduated rather than some kind of monetary gift um i asked my parents if i could get a, a plane ticket to go travel and so i did so i ended up going to africa um specifically zambia and while i was there i was put into a uh, touch with this nonprofit that helps to support and benefit child education and through the process of going there, uh, you know, I, I learned about the plight of education and how um, now, in, in my personal opinion, you know, if you've got AIDS, you've got poverty, you've got famine, um, I think one of the, the biggest problems and the root of a lot of these other problems is the fact that these kids and generations of people aren't receiving the, the proper education to rise above, you know, the, the social status that they, they were born into. Um, so by giving these, these kids the opportunity to learn, uh, I think, you know, it kind of transcends any, any other part of business. Um, you know, I, I started the, I started with the whole concept is of if I could help send one child through an entire entirety of education, um, then in my mind I succeeded and, you know, that one kid turned to 10 and then, you know, the products began to change. Um, and now, you know, we, we, uh, 
we are at a point where I think we're going to be able to make pretty big impact um, to not only those kids, but the, the people and consumers who are buying our products. Because in my mind, you know, as we are trying to give these children education, similar to what we are doing with our products, you know, we, we want to inspire people um, and enable them to more easily get outside and go explore these places that make us feel so alive and that give us the opportunity to learn more about the world and learn more about ourselves as we do them, whether it's traveling or going for a walk um, down the street. You know, these are all things that I think help us grow. And that's kind of how the, the two ideas came to coincide into, I guess, one, one mission. That's very interesting. Now, okay, so you... You get aligned with these nonprofits, and you, you start building and creating your own products and sort of pivoting, right? And then eventually, um, last year, you uh, launched the Kickstarter for uh, Bee Outfitter as it is now with the pack and everything that goes along with that, right? Um, what was the process like in, in really developing um, your product and getting it to the point where you're like, yeah, this is awesome. I know this is something that's really unique and that people are really going to find a lot of value in. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it was certainly a learning process because, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I had no background in, in textile or design or anything like that. I just knew, and Jeff and I knew what, what we liked and what we thought was missing, um, in the current outdoor and, uh, travel market. And so we kind of went through the, you know, through the list of all the pros and cons of what we did and didn't like about these certain products and specifically these bags, um, you know, from everything to what fabric we thought was not only super bomber, but also, you know, looked really rad at the same time to figuring out like how we, how thick we wanted the chest strap. And, um, luckily we got paired with a pretty amazing, uh, product design team that kind of, helped us through the process and helped to take our ideas and, um, the initial, the initial pack that we, uh, wanted to design and take it to the next level and bring it into fruition. Now, now when you say design team, uh, how did you get aligned, um, with them? Yeah, you know, it was kind of like stars aligned, um, a, a guy we know, a, a guy we knew, um, introduced us because, you know, we were doing like minded things and, um, Luckily, you know, they were, they were keen and eager to kind of give us a helping hand. And then the helping hand turned into um, a much larger relationship where we were working side by side into creating this product and um, finding the manufacturer and the materials and the suppliers, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, we, we've been really fortunate. We've, you know, I think one of the biggest and most important things about business is if you're unsure about something, surround yourself with people that are talented and amazing at what they do. And in the process, you'll become better and you'll certainly um, make your business better at the same time. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Now, okay, so you, you get to the point where you decide you're going to launch a Kickstarter. Um, obviously, you had one of the more successful Kickstarters. Um, raising over one hundred and twenty thousand dollars plus the thirty from Indiegogo, how how did you do it? Like, did you was there anything in particular that you feel like you would credit the success to? Um, I think our branding. You know, I think um, you know, you, there's a lot of there's a lot of packs out there on, on Kickstarter and a lot of amazing packs. Um, but I think what um, 
what really put us above the noise was was what we're trying to do as a company. You know, um, yeah, we're trying to sell a product, but I think through our images and our video, we were really able to capture the essence of what it means to go outside and to have that unmistakable feeling of being a part of something bigger. And I think by by showcasing that and being that, you know, yes, our, we're trying to sell customers our, our products, but really what we're trying to do is um, help others and share these adventures with others through our products. And uh, I think we did that really pretty well through our through our photography, our video, and our language, and I, th I think it um, resonated quite strongly with them. And I certainly would uh, would say that was a big part of it. Definitely. Now, in terms of um, tactics, what what would you say you guys did um, that helped you launch it with uh, obviously the successful results that you got? Yeah, you know, um, well, they say that you know some high statistic like ninety two percent of uh, of campaigns that aren't funded in, that aren't fully funded in the first 24 hours usually fail. Um, and I was given the advice to, you know, reach out to everyone and anyone I could to tell them what was happening and whether they could back us $1 or actually, uh, fully, you know, pledge for one of our products, um, to do it. And I actually, uh, I quite literally texted and messaged every single person in my phone to the point that Apple actually thought I was trying to hack the iMessage system. <laughs> and they uh, they shut down my phone, my iMessage, for about two weeks. Um, because oh my. A, a specific coder had to go into the back end and unjar my, um, <laughs> my, my phone and my iMessage. So, yeah, my computer, my iPad, phone, everything. I couldn't send any iMessages after that, so... <laughs> And yet you still um, successfully funded your, your campaign. <laughs> yeah, you know, other people have phones, so I just yeah. started laughing at other people's phones. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, you know we're, we're really fortunate to be surrounded by, you know, really loving and loyal friends and family. Um, and then they have other friends, and, you know, so it's, it's really kind of gone fairly organically. Um, you know, we, we certainly ran ads, um, that did fairly well too, but, um, but yeah, you know, it was, it was pretty incredible because we had no, we had no home base of what to really judge the, what we would end up raising. You know, we, we said, okay, if we hit 50 K, that would be pretty amazing. Um, because as you, as the monetary amount grows, your, your margins kind of start to change. Um, and, you know, so we're like, you know, as we got about halfway through, we're like, you know, shit, we gotta, we gotta order more bags. So, you know, we had to pretty <laughs> much double, we had to pretty much double our PO, um, which certainly, uh, kind of threw, uh, threw a curve, curve lot some things, you know, cause that raises, like I said, raises the margins, raises the, uh, the customs taxes and everything like that. So, um, yeah, you know, it was, it was really incredible. Kickstarter is a is an amazing platform. It's also um, exhausting as one of the uh, the creators of the campaign. Um, but it's really interesting to see uh, the comments and and where people are are backing you from. I think you know when when people started backing us from countries all over the world, from you know Israel to Pakistan to you know. 
Singapore, Australia, you know, that, that was pretty incredible in my opinion. You know, I, you know, up to this point, the only people that I've ever worn B gear has been people we know. So, um, you know, I'm hoping one of these days that I'm walking through the airport and see somebody carrying a Takeets pack. That would be a, that would be a pretty amazing moment. You know, it's actually really funny. You, you mentioned that. I, uh, so I don't know. Are you familiar with a company called Forsake Shoes? Of course. Yeah. 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 So like right when they, because they raised, they did a Kickstarter and they did like had a ton of success with it. And I want to say, I don't know, maybe two years after they ran that Kickstarter, um, I was wearing a pair of their shoes uh, at Killington. And this is before I got to know them. And like this girl comes like running up to me. She's like, hey, hey, are those forsakes? She like, like almost attacked me. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, they are. She's like, oh, that's awesome. My boyfriend's one of the founders. And like oh, that's that sort of like experience of just like, oh, someone yeah. else I don't know is wearing our stuff or something like that. Yeah. So like, I can totally relate to like that experience um and, and like for us it's a little different like when we see like ready yeti swag places just like wait a minute like i don't know you <laughs> of course of course yeah <laughs> and you follow us you kind of you kind of want to be like um you know the silent you know, fan be like oh what do you think you know do you like that like you know not not really letting them know uh get onto it but yeah man it, it's it, we're, we're pumped you know we're excited to continue getting more products out there and continuing to um Build our customer base and kind of our 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 family, you know, people yeah. that are like minded, like minded, and want to kind of keep crushing. Definitely. Now, along this journey, did you have did you and your brother have any mentors that really helped you get you where you are now? Oh, for sure. I mean, like I said earlier, you know, like we've we've been so incredibly lucky to be surrounded by amazing people. We actually have three other partners in, in be at this as well as ourselves. Um, you know, they, they're incredible. You know, they're a little bit, uh, they have full time gigs elsewhere, but they, um, they completely allowed us to be where we currently are. Um, it's, you know, this guy, Tav, um, who's a brand new genius, uh, a guy, Paul is just an absolute wizard. And, um, you know, I've never really seen somebody hustle as hard as he has. And uh, one of our original co-founders, Kelsey, um, who gave us and you know the original, you know, little chunk of change to take it from an idea and make it into a reality. And she's kind of been um, been the rock through the entire process. So you know, and then people all over the place, you know, people who have just kind of reached out and said, "Hey, like what you're doing, you know, here's here's who I work for," and um, you know. If you guys ever need a hand, let us know. You know, the, the guys over at Western Rise, um, I had a conversation with them the other day. And, I mean, they're just, it's incredible what they're doing for the, for the apparel side of things. Um, and those are, those are the kind of people you find in the outdoor industry, man. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible. It's everybody who's willing to help each other um, because it's kind of, in a sense, I guess, a unified goal of not only trying to hustle and make it, but also trying to get people outside so that we can either preserve or you know save the places that we love as well as to have these experiences outside of our you know our screens definitely now okay i I wanted to ask um about the the, i guess the setup and and the organization of b in the sense of like obviously you you and your brother are the um running the show right and you mentioned that you have sort of uh, outside partners are they more so 
um, friends that want, believed in what you guys were doing when you first got this rolling? No. So yeah, they're actually, they're equity partners in B. Uh, all of them are, are, are legal partners in B and, um, you know, just at this stage we're at, you know, we're not necessarily at the size where we need to have five full-time employees. So, um, until then everybody's kind of going to keep hustling the way, the way we've been. And Jeff and I are, are, are able to handle the day-to-day operations, um, pretty solidly. So it worked out pretty well. That's really interesting. So that's sort of a unique setup when it comes to uh, to business, right? So, um, so you guys are sort of leading the charge right now until you can get it to the point where it is a more sustainable, bigger business, and then later they potentially will come into the into the fold in a more full time role. Yeah, you know, I mean, if it, it's you know they've, I mean, Tav, for instance, uh, he was a, re- a huge reason why our our branding looks looks so incredible. He took our vision of of what we're we're trying to present to the world and, and made it into this unbelievably rad portrait. Um, and I mean, you know, he's he's got a lot of other things he works on, but um, you know, we all depending on what we what we're doing, you know, whether uh, whether we need a little help with something from the branding or the sales side, you know, those guys kind of hop in and, and lend a lend a little bit larger of a hand if they need to. So that's really interesting. Okay. Now, um, in terms of the manufacturing, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, um, the process and how do you, um, keep sustainability in mind when developing your products? I mean, you know, that was one of the, uh, that was one of the, the, the key pillars of, of why we selected the manufacturer we did. You know, we wanted to make sure not only that it was, uh, you know, it was a good working environment for the people that were there, but also that um, we were supplying our our materials from people that uh, people that are trying to keep things as sustainable as possible. You know, it's it's kind of um, it's a thin line. You know, you either can be on one side of the spectrum or the other. Um, it's often unless you're a really big gun, um, it's kind of hard to to really do both really, really well. Um, but luckily I think we found a manufacturer that, um, is as eco conscious and as humanitarian, humanitarian conscious, um, as you really find with a, with a supplier and manufacturer that would be, uh, capable of working with a size company like ourselves. So how, how do you find, how do you figure out which supplier, um, really is a good fit in that realm? Like, do you go uh, um, to wherever the, the supplier is located and go through the factory, meet with the people? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so, I, you know, we, we basically, uh, we were lucky through the, that uh, product design team that we kind of talked about that they kind of helped walk us through the manufacturer selection process, um, you know, gave us some of the initial introductions based on what we were trying to create. You know, we were, we knew first what basically the fabric that we wanted to create and fabric we use as a Korean fabric um, and, and keeping communication pretty parallel. We wanted a, a Korean owned or operated uh, manufacturer. And so that's what we ended up finding. And we initially had a list of about five candidates and narrowed it down to about three. And then Jeff and I last, I guess it was early December, 
um, went over to Vietnam and uh, went and visited this the factory that we're now working with, and uh, the experience was just like from another world. The, you know, the professionalism as well as kindness of the people that we met over there was was just unbelievable. Not to mention that we, of course, took a few days and did some uh, did some traveling of our own <laughs> up and down Vietnam. So uh, we made the most of it. Of course, you gotta you gotta definitely. Um, see, of course, see the country. You gotta double dip. <laughs> you gotta double dip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so now uh, along this entire journey, what would you say has been uh, some of the hardest parts uh, about building B? Um, I guess you know, being a young entrepreneur, um, not knowing necessarily. Uh, not knowing necessarily some of the some of the finest details, you know, when it comes to margins and things like that, and really figuring out how those how how all these different things um, go into margins and how those margins reflect um, product costs and what you should be looking for uh, an FOB cost from from your manufacturer. Um, you know, finding all of that was, that, that took some time and, you know, just like anything else, man, it, it's, it's, it all comes down to money. Um, you know, I'm only, I'm only 27, Jeff's only 26, you know, so we certainly aren't, um, our pockets aren't deep by any means. Um, so kind of scraping our way through the process of, you know, finding money here and there, um, it's, it's certainly probably the most stressful part of it. Um. Because it it takes a lot of time and effort to go out and find a little bit of money, but also at the same time still try to be creative um, and innovative while having this taxing financial burden kind of at your shoulders um, simultaneously. It's definitely fun to have in the back of your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not the most fun thing, but you know it's it's part of the it's part of the process, man. And if you don't do it, and if you don't go through it. Um, I don't know if you really ever gain the uh, the real experience. You know, it's kind of like climbing a mountain, man. You know, there's parts of it that are beautiful and amazing, and then other parts where you just like, you know, f this. You know, like. Uh, but when you get to the top, it's like, hey, all right, you know, I understand now, and um, I'm better for it. And so, you know, by no means have we <laughs> are we even close to the top, um, whatever whatever that might mean. But um, we're certainly rolling with the punches and I, I think learning the best we can through it. And I think we're, I think we're doing a pretty solid job. So, um, you know, I'm proud of where we are and I'm proud of what we've created and hopefully, uh, we can continue to help inspire people to go out and do these amazing things. Definitely. There aren't that many people who've raised over a hundred thousand dollars on Kickstarter for, for the <laughs> product. So you're, you're definitely in a small group, which I think, uh, I think means you're doing something right. <laughs> Trying, man, trying. Um, what is your greatest fear and how do you manage it in regards to B? Ooh. Um, that's a big question. Um, what's my biggest fear? I'd have to say, I don't know, man. I, I think a big thing of what I want to do with B, you know, of course. I want to sell a lot of products and I want to create a, create products that people love. But I think my biggest fear is not 
making an impact with the in the people's lives who are our customers. Um, because if we're not doing that, in my mind, we aren't being the business that I originally set out to be. So, uh, so you know, there's a lot of things that come into play, whether it's, you know, people looking to, to buy the company and, you know, not that that has happened, but, you know, I'm, someday the, the opportunity may arise and, um, I, you know, I think that's my, yeah, that's absolutely my biggest fear, you know, it's just not doing what we set out to do and not, uh, not creating the legacy, um, that I want that I want to create through, through our company or through our products. Yeah. You know, I, I totally agree with that. Um, for, I feel many business owners or entrepreneurs, one of the main reasons why they start a business is because they want to, uh, make a positive change, um, in some way, right. And create that legacy. Um, now for you guys, what, what would you say if you could like boil it down to like a couple sentences, what would you say that legacy is? Uh, I don't know, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is somebody who, um, somebody that's going through some rough stuff in their life, if, if somehow they see our product or somebody shares with them our product and, you know, maybe it's a, it's a, it's a 10 year old bag that they're, they've been handed down, but maybe this bag is the first bag that they take, um, backpacking and maybe that backpacking trip, uh, somehow changed their life, um, you know, I think there's there's some profound things that can happen into the outdoors, um, and I think hopefully that our products can be a catalyst for for some of those things and for some people that um, either haven't been able or been capable to experience them or um, that that just need to get out there, then maybe just don't know it. Definitely. Um, so along, along this journey. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made in regards to be out there? <laughs> I'm sure there's a nice um, list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's certainly, there's certainly plenty. Um, you know, I think there's been times where we spent um, we spent money where we didn't need to. We should have been operating more lean. Um, you know, we we had worked with a with some PR companies earlier on um, when we first started, like back in 2013. In the first version of what we were doing, and you know, it certainly was a, a pretty expensive endeavor. And knowing what I know now, um, and being able to, you know, learn that I'm pretty capable of doing a somewhat similar job, um, I think we could have saved we could have saved some money um, along the lines, which would have helped out later in life. But you know, I, I certainly don't regret it because I learned. And, I won't make those mistakes, you know, make at least the same mistake, uh, again. So now, so you, you, in terms of bringing on like an actual PR company and helping you build your brand and stuff like that and get the word out there, is that sort of what you mean? Yeah. You, yeah. That's just, just an example. Um, you know, there's certainly been other, other things we've done, um, you know, where, whether it was thinking we were ready for a little, uh, office space, you know, a few years back when we certainly didn't need it, nor were we in a place to pay for it. Um, as well as, you know, you know, I brought up the thing about the customs tax, you know, there's, there's some really 
you know, fine details that go into figuring out those. And, um, I didn't, I wasn't really as familiar with them as, uh, I would have liked to been. And I think it, it bit us a little bit, um, on the backside trying to, trying to bring those products in here. But like I said, you know, we, we learned from it and uh, I can promise you next time as we bring products into the U S that I'm going to know in all the ins and outs and tricks to the trade in order to get them, get them through as efficiently and as cost effective as possible. Yeah. I mean, that's all mistakes really are just lessons, um, learning and it gives you the opportunity to not make that mistake again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, I don't know. The, you know, the saying is history repeats itself, but hopefully we can be a, 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 a nice fraction of that, that, that learns from those mistakes. So definitely. Now, what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business, um, in the outdoor space or really just a, a business in general? You've got to, you've got to really, really want it. Um, you know, so bad that it's, it, it almost consumes you in the best word, you know, in the best sense of the word is that, um, if you aren't fully committed, then it's never going to happen. I mean, not only from a monetary sense, you know, but also from a time sense and, and being willing to, uh, take those punches and get back up because it's, it's really easy to say, okay, you know, this isn't working out. Um, I mean, it took us two and a half years almost to come from the time we started developing the Takeets pack to when we were finally able to bring it out. Um, and that's a, you know, that's a pretty long time. And, you know, if, if you have the grit to, to really do it, then you'll be successful. Um, at least in my opinion, you know, we're making it and we're, we're scratching and crawling our way through it. Um, but I think, uh, I think it, it, if you have the guts, then, then you'll be able to succeed. Um, and hopefully you do, you know, it's a pretty amazing thing to, to say that you created something. Um, and I would encourage anybody who has any sort of aspirations to start their own company or to create their own product to do it, you know, take, take the small steps that it takes to at least see if it's something you really want to do. Um, you know, whether it's learning how to sell or learning how to um, do web design or whatever it might be, you know, learn it and try to try to see if you can make those aspirations become a reality. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's a fun it's a fun journey, and you're right. You definitely need that um, that grit if you're uh, if you're not in it for the long haul. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, and don't do it for the money either. You know. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point. Yeah, um, Being out in California, you know, everybody's trying to start something just to have a, have an exit in the next five years, and you know, which is great. You know, if 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 you can create something, you know, that unicorn. But um, but I can promise you that you know it's kind of like Simon Sinek says: it's not the how or what, but the why, which is going to make um, make it happen in reality. Yeah, and that, that's that's a, definitely a great video for anyone um, TED Talk that anyone. Uh, listening to this podcast, and we'll link that up in the show notes so you can check it out. Actually, um, I was just talking to uh, another founder a couple days ago, and the same thing was brought up. Um, and it goes to show that like a lot of startup founders are consuming the same content, and the ones that stick with it for a couple of years sort of have that same resolve and that same focus and belief system that 
you, know, you spend enough time doing it and really believing in it, not doing it for the money, um, that eventually you'll you'll get there, assuming that you put in the appropriate work and you learn from your mistakes and everything that goes along with it. Yeah, and I, I don't think there will ever be defined either. So um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't. I you know every time I think like, hey, when we reach this, like, that's that'll be it. You know that that would be pretty awesome. And as soon as you do that, something right around the corner comes up. And I think that's it. You know, you got in the, the other side of it. You, you just got to dream really big. You know, dream really really big. And if you can continue to dream big and have the, the grit and the guts to chase those dreams, and then it'll happen. I couldn't agree more. Um, speaking of dreams, I want to ask you, where do you see B Outfitter going in the next year, five years, ten years, if you've thought about it? I think about it every day. Uh, no, um, uh, yeah, you know, we, we've got some products already in the pipeline, um, and, you know, we're kind of working on another Kickstarter product project that we think uh, we'll probably launch, hopefully, for, you know, right around Christmas of this year, and we think... We think it'll do pretty well. Um, it's it's certainly a product that has never really been uh, been created before, and I think our our current customers as well as a lot of other customers will really appreciate it. And you know, from there, you know, you know, we we really want to uh, kind of just get out into the world, man. I'd love to love to grow our team, um, start doing things both locally. Um, and internationally where uh, we're able to take this whole idea of creating experiences for people and take it to another level you know whether it's that whether it's that that means adding uh, adding a couple different parts of the business you know some of which we've already kind of thought of um, and, and just kind of doing continuing to do stuff to inspire others um, that and go back to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I couldn't. That's, um, I think that's really, uh, really great. Um, and obviously the future is always exciting, especially when you're building a business or at least it can. Be. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I, w- I want to ask you in terms of B as it is today, what's, what's the best part about running it? Uh, learning more about myself, I think. Um, you know, I, a year ago, I certainly, uh, you know, I had worked on a ship for four years full time before kind of doing, taking the plunge and quitting my job and, and trying to, trying to go in all in on B. Um, and that was a little over a year ago now that I did that. And, um, you know, I think, uh, just being able to work on something I love every day, it's pretty special. Yeah, you're definitely right about that. Now, you worked on the ship for four years. What what what, what sort of responsibilities did you have on the ship? <laughs> I have that. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so oh, man, um, everything from uh, managing pipeline systems and fire systems to uh, all the safety systems as well as standing watches. You know, so I, was, I worked a midnight to noon shift for four years uh, where I worked 21 days on, 21 days off. Um, so my, my girlfriend, now wife, uh, she was, she was certainly a pretty amazing person to stick with me through all that. And, um, it's pretty nice to be able to, to see her every day. 
as well. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> um, now, now, but really, before we wrap this up, what made you decide to go to uh, to become a merchant marine? Yeah, so you know, I <laughs> I just didn't want to wear a suit and tie to work every day, and um, totally understand my, that. Yeah, my my father uh, was a merchant mariner and was a captain on an oil tanker for uh, you know the majority of my childhood. You know, I think he was a captain where he sailed for about thirty five years, and I saw what he did and. Growing up, there was his his mother had created this uh, this map with all the pins that he had traveled to while he had sailing, and there was just pins all over this thing. And, I mean, from the or as early as I can remember, I I can imagine and see myself sitting there and looking at this map and just imagining you know what this place Madagascar must look like. And as I got there and you know had a better understanding of the world. And, um, you know, I just wanted to go see it, and so I thought being able to go sail around the world was a pretty, uh, pretty poetic, if you will, I guess, way to do it. Um, while at the same time having the opportunity to serve my country, because uh, I'm also a lieutenant in the United States Navy at the same time. So that's really awesome. I, I got to ask how many places you've been to during those four years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, sailing's changed a little bit since uh, since my father was there. It's, um, it's a little bit more uh, streamlined. So, I mean, in college, um, while I was I was spent my year at sea, I traveled to England and uh, let's see, England, Germany, Holland. Um, I did that run a few times. You know, all over the U.S. Um, a lot of my friends, you know, went all over the Far East. Um, and then when I when I graduated, though, my my ship was primarily stationed in the uh, Gulf of Mexico. So I didn't I didn't really get the that that storybook sailing that used to happen. But um, but it was a job and it paid well and it certainly gave me um, the ability to do what I'm doing now. So. Of course. Well, Rory, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to share your story and um, share your passion for for B and all the things that you and your brother uh, Jeff are creating and your, and your team. Uh, I'm really excited to see what you guys do in the future. And, and really, uh, before we sign off, I want to um, let listeners know that we're actually going to be doing a giveaway with B uh, through the month of October. We're going to be partnering up with a few other uh, startups in the outdoor space and putting together a few um, uh, giveaways. So if you want to enter to win, you're listening to this between in the month of October, uh, definitely head over to readyeddy.com and uh, enter for your chance to win. And, and with that, Rory, uh, where's the best place for uh, listeners to keep tabs on what, you're, what you guys are doing, all the different adventures, and, the, and obviously the new Kickstarter that you guys might be uh, unveiling yeah. in December? Yeah. Yeah, head on over to our website, uh, beoutfitter.com. Um, I'm sure you guys will have it there in the in the links um, of the podcast, but also, you know, a really good way to follow where we are on a day-to-day basis, both um, both personally and uh, as a company, is uh, check out our Instagram, at beoutfitter. Um, that's awesome. probably, probably the best spot. So, Josh, thanks so much, man. It's always a pleasure. Um, you guys are crushing it, and, you know, thanks for... Thanks for continuing to inspire all of us out there that just want to get out to be out, outdoors. 
Really appreciate it, Rory. Have a good one. Hey, man. Take it easy. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.